travelers to the never-ending adventure podcast where we talk about adventure time and shit we like and shit you like and we like it a lot i am your co-host dj natty p joined <laughs> as always by oh. dj rusties russell tyndall welcome happy birthday to all of you goliads and stormos so excited for everyone who was born today and happens to be listening to this podcast Ned, did you watch the big game before we get into Adventure Time? I need to know. The big uh, sports game? I Yeah, the sports ball game was pretty uninteresting. I All say right. I watched it, a.k.a. I went and drank at a friend's house and hung out with people. Nice. <laughs> That's all I did. So what about you? Did y'all do something big? Sports. No, I didn't do anything. I didn't watch it. Good. Didn't have a, yeah, it, a dog in the fight or a eagle or a chief. I don't know. And yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty shit game too. And if there was ever an excuse for the NFL, like being rigged and set up, that's what I hear. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. This game was kind of like a little too picture perfect and then came down to the wire and like should have been a holding and one. I didn't even watch that part, but they were like, oh, yeah, they had, they had already picked out the winner. And so they had to like, call mm. it in their favor you know so well, there's some conspiracy theory going on there put on put on your your aluminum I don't, hats i don't know much but what i do know is that adventure time fans are big sports people so especially football um all of <laughs> all of our fans i'm just messing with y'all but all uh, yeah, BMO in the mirror <laughs> yeah football, <laughs> big yeah, football uh, fans there you go just football playing a football game against himself that'd be interesting <laughs> to watch um kind of meta but Welcome to the Adventure Time podcast. We were just kind of chatting about Valentine's Day, actually, a little bit, because that just happened in our world. Yeah, um, in, our, in our recording recording's recording's world, we're going to be... Yeah. This is probably releasing in, like, March, but uh, we just... Yeah, we had a funny Valentine's Day, man. Um, I was uh, I was trying to save the story. We were all chatting before we started recording today, and I was like, Russell, this is good content. I might need to save it for you. Mm-hmm. So we, we went out and did a date on Saturday night. Uh, had booked this place in Buckhead, Atlanta. Um, booked it like two and a half months ago. The only seat available was like 9.30 at night. So we went out and got drinks beforehand, did dinner. However, the week beforehand, I realized that we had been paying for a home warranty thing on the house that we sold like a year, over a year ago. So I called them up and I was like, hey, we've been paying you guys monthly and I was told that this was going to cancel and it never canceled. And they refunded us like $600. Whoa. Um, and it was a, they didn't like just give it to me back in cash. It would just went back on the credit card that had been charged. Yeah. So we had one credit card that was like negative $600. Um, and the only thing that we use that credit card for is like Xfinity Wi-Fi and like, uh, I can't even remember what else. Some, like, like, like two bills that are just like insignificant. We just have it that card to like build our, our credit on file, which is why I didn't realize the charges. So we went yeah. out and pretty much I was like, that's free Valentine's day, Jackie. Don't <laughs> get order whatever you want to order. We'll get whatever yeah. we want to get. We'll get we'll the get nicest the bottle of wine. Oh, we, get the lobster. And then some guy cheated us and sold us like four $35 Manhattans, which was like really skeezy. So yeah, oh, we, that is skeezy. we did ball out and that was a Saturday night. 
Okay. And then on actual you bedtime balled out. Okay. Yeah, and that's we why Tuesday out. was chill. So Tuesday mm. we went to Fable, which is like mm. a cool little cocktail lounge. The dude, the host at the front desk was so funny though, because he's just, uh, or I guess pr- when you open the door, whatever those people are called. Yeah. He's yeah. Just the so suave. D. Yeah. Just so suave and so like Elvisy, and it's just like, doing the finger guns. It yeah. was so like, it felt like, <laughs> like fake. I was like, dude, this sucks in the best way. Like I best. love that. How I would say, man, is. if y'all are anywhere in and around Nashville, Fable is not going to show up on like tourist things to do, but it is like so underrated. Their dining room is gorgeous. Their service yeah. is phenomenal. Upstairs Their was really cool. Great. They have I a cigar bar upstairs. So, like it's very expensive. And the don't get the oysters. The oysters was a waste. Mm-hmm. It was like a half half a dozen oysters for like thirteen bucks. Like no oysters are worth that. I'm sorry, I do like oysters, but not worth it. Regardless, uh, yeah, that's, that's what you're gonna pay unless you're like actually pulling them out the water yourself. Yeah. You know? Well, regardless, let's get on Adventure Time. I don't think people come to this for nah. the rant for too long. No, 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 no. they want to hear. No we got to we got to be real people. Obviously, we, it's going to be really yeah. boring if we hop in a podcast and go. Here's everything and every scene broken down in the show that you just watched. And that's boring. Sorry, well, uh, other Adventure that's what Time podcast. to do. Not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. W- welcome. Uh, man, this was a great episode, Ned. Yeah. I, I, thought- I really enjoyed this. This is season four, episode 10, Goliad. Mm-hmm. And I... I dig it. I really I, do. I'm dig glad it. to hear that though, because I I really wasn't knowing what to expect with your reaction. I didn't know if you were gonna go, I hated this one, I hated the characters. Um, I've had like a love-hate relationship with this episode. So what were like the dynamics and the aspects and the was it animation? Was it character development? Was it a really, really PV focused yeah. episode that you just hadn't had in a while? It could be that. I think it could be that last thing a good bit. The like Princess Bubblegum, like her happenings, how she leads, and then she has leadership advice that she gives to someone and we've been so critical about her leadership in the past and how she goes about being the ruler of her own kingdom that she created by hand. Uh, and then also we get to see her creating uh, subjects and especially ones that are supposed to live forever, despite the fact that she's probably also made out of candy and can't live forever because modern technology just isn't quite there, but I can create these two other people that or two other beings, these Sphinx that mm-hmm. will live forever, despite me saying that I can't. Um, like there's a lot of little things like that that I really enjoyed yeah. about this episode. And then also Jake is great in this episode. Finn gets to be pretty good in this episode. It's it's just loaded with uh, goodies. Just just yeah. like fun goodies. And we had already met a handful of, uh, especially one in particular, I'm thinking about Lemon Drop, right? We met a creation of Princess Bubblegums that Oh, you mean she, Lemon Grab? Lemon Grab. I said Lemon Drop. <laughs> you said Lemon Drop. Sorry, I got Lemon Drop shots in my mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, lemon I'm Grab. I want to drink. <laughs> I'm trying to drink tonight on a Thursday night. No, so we're recording on a Thursday. Um, regardless, right? So we met him and she had rejected him. So this is kind of a weird mm-hmm. situation where she's past that, yet she doesn't give any of these creatures time enough to develop. Like, do we even know why she rejected him so quickly? It seemed like as soon as he 
came to yeah. being, he was just <sighs> screaming, and she's like, "All right, you're you're out of here." Yeah, it's she messed up with Lemongrass, and she said that was the first one I ever messed up real bad. Uh, and I guess you would say that she messed up with Goliath, maybe except for not in the actual creation, because Lemon Grab has pretty much his characteristics like built into him that, in my opinion, it's just like he operates differently. Like being sad is happy, being obnoxious is being polite, being rude is being polite. Uh, a shove in the arm is the same thing like a hug. You know, he, he was built backwards. Goliad. We can go, it wasn't a PB mistake. It was kind of like the bigger lesson also of like, you're very impressionable when you're really young and we're getting straight into like lessons now. But um, it was kind of like the surroundings were what messed Goliath totally. up Totally, she's much, just soaking you know? in everything this episode. Every yeah. moment is just her observing until finally it's her turn to to give it a go, to, to yeah, try and which, rule. Yeah, it takes two minutes for her to be like, it's my turn now. So yeah. she's very self-aware, I can say. I can say that too, you know? Yeah. What's so fascinating that Princess Bubblegum wanted to create something because she's been considering her demise. She's been thinking about that moment that she had in the hands of the Lich, uh, Cough the Ice King, right? Yeah. When she well, dude, almost died and oh her brush was death. And then she's just like, you know what? I've I've got to make a replacement. I got to have an engineered replacement. I'm going to choose it. It's going to be my choice. We're not electing the next person who's going to rule the kingdom because obviously that's not how this works. I know. That's I was that's where my mind was going immediately and I wanted to see if you picked up on that too. Is the fact that like she is so hyper controlling of the crown itself that in her mind like she's got I would say Peppermint Butler, like honestly, could rule decently. I don't know. He's a little corrupt, so maybe she kind of uh, knows yeah. that. But, I don't um, know, or man. Finn. He's got I some mean, rough ties. I don't know. It's just a matter of, she's like, somebody has to be my predecessor. Thus, it has to be a clone of me. And I was like, that is so absolutely yeah. narcissistic. That is totally. so absolutely, I'm letting go of control, but I'm not actually letting go of control. Like, yeah, it's gonna yeah, be totally. me. She puts but herself with, in the DNA, right? With the, yeah, the she's like, it's gonna tooth. be me with an ever like a basically an everlasting sphinx body and third eye tele like telepathy powers. Yeah. And I don't know, you know how she didn't think that would go wrong. You know, it's so funky, right? She creates Gilead or Goliad, Gilead. I knew I was gonna mess it up. You're Gosh right. dang it. Goliad is like the baby sphinx with all this brain potential by or via a candy person soup. And it's made with cinnamon bun. Like, aren't <laughs> cinnamon buns DNA yeah. also in this? Are we trying That's... to act like he didn't just soak in the candy soup? And also <laughs> that had to do way more harm and good both to cinnamon yeah. bun long term and then also to Gilead. Like well, that's what Gilead. I was I was I, I was trying to figure out the whole time. If she said, Oh yeah, it's a pretty standard candy soup, and then I threw my DNA in. And mm. I was like, Well, if it's a standard candy soup, you think it would have come out just like a lollipop man, if it's quote <laughs> yeah. unquote standard, but it comes out like this you know, eternal sphinx yeah. being. Little so she amino was acid. I think she was lying. I think she was lying. I think you she think added so? some yeah, she. Uh, well, she what did, is it, right? It's a min, uh, amino well, and she acid said she algebra. Had been a, no, her she's, DNA. She's lying, know. dude. She, if she can create candy people 
And then yeah. she tells Finn, this is a pretty standard candy soup, but she's been up for 83 hours <laughs> making this. Like, yeah, there has to be something sketchier that she was doing, you know? I don't know. I think it's, it is weird that she has her DNA, uh, like a baby, baby tooth on a necklace. I'm sorry, but if you're doing that, if you're walking around with a baby <laughs> tooth on you, that's just weird to me. Uh, you just, you just lost know. like 50 followers. Yeah, we just lost, you know, those followers we just lost. I'm sorry, man, but we weren't meant to travel together, I don't think. Um, (laughs) No, but I will say Sleepy Princess Bubblegum is my sexy character of this episode. (laughs) Really? Interesting. I don't know. Is it just because you're a sucker for a girl in glasses? Maybe. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking Sleepy sleepy PB. I mean, for what it's worth, Allie wears glasses. I will say that. But I just think Sleepy characters might be more attractive than non-Sleepy characters. (laughs) Just look at Sleepy Gary. I was going to ask about Sleepy Gary. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely the more sexy of the two. I'm just saying, you know, like... I don't know. So <laughs> I love it. I love how Sleepy Gary worked his way into this episode. <laughs> oh, I, I think that might be a new goal of mine. Every episode, Sleepy Gary's getting into it somehow. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But we <laughs> oh, yeah, we, totally. we get the soup. Okay. I already have problems with the soup. And then we get um Goliad. And yeah. Goliad's got a uh, very I guess you would call absorbent mind. And oh yeah, going to the preschool. I I would assume another thing that threw me off was like Princess Bubblegum, albeit she's exhausted, like just lets Finn, like the most important part of this development is training Goliad had to be a good leader. And she just yeah, like early totally, childhood development too. She totally leaves that to Finn and Jake. So I, I don't really have a Jake mistake episode uh, of this episode. And I would say that the one is... You don't? I mean, not... Despite not him a, screaming... All about the Don Juan, Cherry Tempo, and all that crap. (laughs) I had that on there, but I was like, that's not a Jake mistake. That's like a, he does it, and then he like immediately regrets it. So I was like, ah, yeah. Like, most of my Jake mistakes are like, oh, yeah, he should have turned into this. He could have stretched his way out of the situation. Yeah, but she was just soaking that in. I mean, all right, fine. The preschool kids were chaotic. They were a mess. The candy kids, like... They were jumping all over the place. They're beating up their teacher, like a terrible mm-hmm. influence for Goliad to see just to begin with. Like she's learning that authority figures are not meant to be taken seriously in, in that scene. Ooh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even kind of pull that out that yeah. oh, totally. authority. Yeah. Like you can kind of do your own thing. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot. That's why I like this episode because just, you can just yeah, analyze kind of. From her point it. of view, taking her perspective this whole episode of what she's doing, what she's seeing, like how she's reacting. Her her brain is functioning at such a high level, supposedly, and she's being forced to develop so quickly and into this person that's going to be able to help take over the kingdom eventually that she is just soaking in as much as she, she can so quickly. And we even have like my most punchable character this episode in that scene which has got to be the Circus Peanut Kid. I mean, <laughs> Circus Peanut Kid was like most punchable for me and almost made my lovely. Dude, just, I mean, just because he's crazy. <laughs> he's losing his glob damn mind, right? <laughs> I mean, and also like the worst candy of all time is a Circus Peanut. It is. It, it is really the is. 
Absolute worst. I actually, you know, I don't even know if I've had one, but I can like, my granddad used to get them at like Cracker Barrel and have them in the car and I could just like remember the smell of them and it's just like. Gross. That's so gross. <laughs> but he either is yeah, a candy a, peanut or an actual peanut for like ice cream sundaes. That's what I was kind of thinking. No, nah, dude, but, that's a candy peanut for sure. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. But yeah, man. And you had a, a peppermint baby, which I thought was mm-hmm. interesting. I was like, hmm, baby butler, maybe? Yeah. Little, that, that's little yeah, baby it, was, it was mentioned like on the forums on this episode that there was like, oh, there was like a, a little, we, the only time we've ever seen another little peppermint in the candy kingdom. Ah, that's cool. I thought that was so neat. I was like, oh, I don't know. Baby Butler. I dig baby, it. Baby Butler. I dig it. But I, I would say I did, you know, as much as there was like chaos in that scene, I did love like the depiction of a preschool classroom and it's just like utter chaos. And the teacher yeah. just being like, mind, mind your business, mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> yeah. The kids, they're very much the kids from, oh gosh, is it recess when the, the, like preschool kids or the kindergarten kids are like oh, trading. Yes. That show recess on, I mean, it was ABC kids in the morning and then it turned into yeah. a, a Disney show once. When Disney they're just basically creating, they're savages, right? They're, yeah, they they're create tribes or whatever. And they're yeah, just they attacking everybody. Like savage Indian, <laughs> you know, Native American children. Sorry. Don't mean to. Be oh yeah, politically I didn't incorrect. Think about that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking of them as savages. I didn't. I don't know if I remember that they were dressed as Native Americans or mm-hmm. not. I don't know if they were. Were they? Yeah, they had like, oh, like dang. they were okay. always like feathered up because it was always like a funny depiction of kindergartens uh, always doing like the Thanksgiving plays. So mm-hmm. I think they kind of played off that that they, they always had like okay. paper bag like crowns and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah. Well. I don't know. Well, now I feel weird about that. But regardless, uh, the Don Juan Cherry Tempo thing was very fascinating to me. We had to look up who that was because I, for the life of me, could not... I had no clue who Don Juan was. It flew over my head. I just thought that they were doing Adventure Time like uh, mumbo jumbo. Oh, yeah. Did it actually mean something? He's a fictional Spanish libertine, uh, a seducer of women, basically, is how... (laughs) Like Wikipedia describes him. <laughs> so Don Juan is a real person. Uh, sorry, fictional person. Uh, fictional a real I don't, fictional I don't know. person. A real fictional person. Just like me. And just like Ned. Um, and just like Goliad, who is, I don't know, man. I dig it. That was such a good scene. And she got so much out of this. And then you have this wonderful moment right after that scene where... They go and meet up with Finn, and she's just like, I learned so much from Jake. <laughs> and <laughs> Jake refuses. So. He's like, I yeah. don't want to take I don't want to take any of the That's why I wouldn't that. call that the Jake mistake because he immediately does regret it. And that's yeah. that, that takes a lot. Jake doesn't typically like regret things, honestly. You know, Did so. we, is that the first time we've seen Jake explode? I don't know yes, if I've ever they, seen him blow up like that before. When I, the kids go to get his eye, they're like getting in Jake's eyelids, which is really gross. And yeah, also, they're like, get it in his brain. That's the first time we've seen him explode? Yeah, yeah, it is. So this is the first time we have seen any sort of, like, Jake explosion. Um, okay. But if you think about it, in theory, like, Jake's skin from stretchiness can, like, it could open up and, like, you know, th- there's that's not basically how that works. A, it just heals back. His, no, his it's, skin not, isn't it's not a, put it's a tearing. Like, uh, it's a, almost like a stretching. So like, think about like, yeah. like if you had something in your cheek and then you though. could, 
you know, stretch your cheek, a hole open in your cheek and then stretch it back. That's technically like Jake's stretchy powers. Okay. Yeah. I don't then, like trust me, I, you're the gonna image have you just gave me, I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, you're sounding like you're making it sound like a giant pimple that heals back up or something like that. Yeah, kind of. There's a there's a whole other episode later on in the show that like Jake basically has a whole entire world inside of him. And well, I can't get over they like they're all part of him, but they like walk around and they are like you can see their feet like kind of like detaching and retaching and it's it just kind of throws you off and it makes you question jake's stretchy powers for sure mm -hmm. but there has well, to be some sort of like stretch open and like open up know. and resealing aspect to his his magic gross i don't like it <laughs> I, I don't like it and and even more gross and i'll say this probably should have been my most punchable character but it's it's not is the third eye that goliad has that comes out right after this, when she she's screaming at all the kids, right? And makes them do mm -hmm. the obstacle course, goes the way she wants it, which is bad, positive reinforcement because like, well, no, actually, sorry. I'm getting this mixed up in my head, aren't I, right? She screams at the kids, copying Jake. And then Finn says, use your beautiful brain, girlfriend. Yeah. And then, and that's then when the she uses the out. third eye. Yeah. And, and the telekinetic powers and manipulates Finn who can't breathe this whole time that he's stuck in this like telekinetic state. Um, and that's when she says, everyone did what I wanted really fast, no mistakes, calm, and definitely the way to lead. And I'm just like, bad positive reinforcement. And Finn even is thrown off. He's just like, hmm, you know, maybe maybe there's something to that. But then... Yeah. No, that's... Know, I, I wanted like, to take a moment and kind of talk about that a little bit more in depth. But I think we should take a breather because that's going to get into yeah. more of like a, a a deeper, deeper conversation. Not crazy, but deeper. So let's take a quick breather and do an ad and, um, and then we'll get back into it. Yeah, sounds good. Howdy ho, everybody. My name is Slurpee Sam. From Slurpee Sam's Candy Creation Soup Shack, the Candy Kingdom's number one most delicious soup selling salesman. And I have your salivary gland satiating with my delicious, nutritious, scrumptious soup. This soup is ethically sourced from a little pond out back of Princess Bubblegum's lab, and it just keeps on flowing and flowing. Which means until it runs out, all you candy folks is going to be slurping on some of my soup like it's the secret sauce of your soul. So come on down until the soup pond dries up, and if you end up growing extra limbs or extra hair or just have like a conjoined uh, candy twin on you. Don't worry about that. that that's uh, it's definitely not the soup. I promise you that. That's uh, that's just something else going on. So yeah, Flippy Sam's Candy Creation Soup Shack. Come and get some. Welcome back, everybody. Post-advertisement, back to the never-ending adventure podcast where we talk about adventure time and Goliad and really important things about life. Mm -hmm. And I'm teaching ADP and... We were just leaving off with uh, Finn being uh, forcefully put through the gauntlet by Goliad, which um, we didn't even mention that I still love the reference to Finn's love of gauntlets uh, back from oh, yeah. the business time episode where they uh, wanted the businessmen to build them. <laughs> yeah, their I totally forgot so, about that. Um, I kind of love that Finn's ultimate test for leadership was to create a gauntlet and have Goliad help lead people <laughs> through it. So that was, uh, let's just take a moment to appreciate that Finn is still 13 years old 
And uh, uh, yeah, he's totally. like, how else do we be leaders? We can lead little candy people through a gauntlet. I'm just appreciating the fact that you picked up on that. I totally forgot that they had done a gauntlet in the past. Uh, and I'm not really important one, but was kind of the premise of that entire episode, wasn't it? I mean, like, yeah, it kind of was with the business time episode, yeah. or at least that's what kind of kicked off the, the beginning the story of, it, yeah. of it. Yeah. But I wanted to make, have a moment too, because that opened up a big thought for me in this episode when Finn uh, Goliad describes, um, let me pull up the line here. The leadership tactic that Goliad described is everyone did what I wanted really fast, no mistakes, and very calm. And Finn was like, that's not actually what leaders do. And then it was like, or that's not actually like what leadership is. And Finn was like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Is that what it is? And so yeah. it made me definitely think deeper on that topic of like, okay, I think that the end was like in a perfect world, if you were a perfect leader, and everyone did what you wanted really fast, no mistakes, and calmly, you would be the best leader in the world, right? Oh, it's, it's like totally an end impossible. result. Um, but it's totally impossible because, I mean, I, I guess you would call it human error, human choice. Uh, but I would say it's just more like um, the in order to force people into that, which is what fascism is and what really, I guess, like a dictatorship is as well. Not necessarily fascism, but do what I want really fast. Don't make mistakes. Be calm. But you, the only way to really, in essence, achieve that is to take and strip away all autonomy from mm -hmm. yeah. the party. So that's where Goliad's not mistaken in terms of, hey, that's what leaders, like that's the end result of what we want here. And I just can achieve that end result, but not having been developed enough to develop the moral and the ethics. And the reason why Princess Bubblegum leads the way she leads is because she has developed a love and a caringness and a genuine concern for the candy people, albeit she is being a fascist, not a dictator, because she's doing it all behind the scenes. She's secretly not letting them be autonomous, but she's not being mean about it. And Goliad's like, screw that. I'm going to be the, you know, telepathic dictator here. Yeah. And try to achieve the same results, essentially, that Princess Bubblegum's trying to achieve. Yeah. I don't know why in my head I just went, oh, well, if everyone would just like get in line and do their job, like maybe it could work. And then I was like, as long as people aren't being selfish and trying to be better for themselves, I'm like, wait a second, that's free will. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah, you, you have uh, you to can't a degree. Strip away, yeah. That's you can't free strip will. away the free will. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. no, I, I totally agree. And I was thinking about too, just the way that Goliath is is created in this mm -hmm. episode and how she develops. And as I mentioned earlier, like I do think it was just not enough time, right? But even if Princess Bubblegum had been fully awake and able to guide Goliath, I still think in her early childhood development, I still think that she would end up being corrupt. Like, I, I 100% agree with you. I don't know if it's a nature or nurture thing. I mean, certainly there's arguments for both, like pretty easy arguments for both, especially with Princess Bubblegum's DNA. But I really think the issue, like I was saying earlier, is that her mind developed way too quickly. And as humans, like we have years and years to make mistakes and have our parents guide us and correct our course over and over mm -hmm. again. And messing up is how you grow and how you learn and how you become better 
unfortunately, for whatever reason, this episode messing up combined with swift development and also this like unlimited power, like mental. Yeah, it's the unlimited power, power aspect of it too. Because yeah. like if Goliad had to be stopped immediately, there was no room for Goliad to like learn a lesson. It was like, yeah, it just to be it like, facilitated her development into this, the episode's antagonist. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's totally because of all those things combined just so quick and all of that positive reinforcement she received while taking on the obstacles yeah. and and falsely taking lessons from Jake and from Finn, you know, it yeah. unfortunately led to bad, but I still think it would have because we all mess well, up. And there's and some innocence. Yeah, there's some, they, like, and that's kind of like what you're getting at here too, is that there's innocence behind her being the antagonist is that the fact that she is doing, I'm trying to remember like a specific movie that would pertain to this, but where you do feel a little bit of like an empathetic reaction to the way the villain's reacting. Cause you're like, I get why they're feeling that I get, they are not well developed. They're not well nurtured. Um, you can't blame them for thinking this way. However, it's definitely not for the greater good of the people kind, <laughs> candy kind, you know, whoever it might be. Um, but on your other topic about, you know, specifically it being Princess Bubblegum's DNA, I've kind of got a theoretically speaking deep thought. I don't, I don't really know what to call this little like kind of tangent here. Okay. So, yeah. but I'm curious of your thoughts of this because I, I thought about this a lot here. If Goliad's going crazy and Princess Bubblegum's plan is to straight up create another Sphinx that can defeat Goliad or at least get intertwined and, and stalemate stop Goliad. She takes Finn's DNA because she inherently knows at Finn's core, part of his, you know, DNA is to be a hero, to be the one that saves the day, right? So she knows that about her own creation. If I use Finn's DNA, the Sphinx will turn out good and a hero and want to save the day. So in theory... Why does she not see Goliad as a Goliad turned out to be a tyrannical, like crazy, power hungry, like antagonist? And it has her DNA. So, how is she at the end of all this not somewhat in the back of her mind going, Is that what's embedded in my DNA? Is that maybe am I inherently a, yeah, like a, a power hungry, over controlling, you know, bad leader. I, yeah, they, that's I, you would imagine that there would have to be a moment of self reflection that, like, my own DNA is what fucked up Goliad so bad. Or Cinnamon Bun. I'm just kidding. It wasn't Cinnamon, or cinnamon Bun. Or cinnamon <laughs> bun. Whoever, whoever else was in that candy soup. Well, that I'll, I guess I'll get to my theoretically speaking because it's on the same sort of a thing. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm basically just in my mind thinking that. Finn's presence somehow counteracts Princess Bubblegum's. Like, it's, or he is her foil as Stormo is to Goliad. So perhaps Princess Bubblegum is smart enough to know that without Finn, she would truly be a little selfish of a ruler and and a tyrant. And it's Finn's kind of caring, boyish nature, his his charm, right? That keeps her kind of level-headed enough but yeah also I, I can confirm that it's not cinnamon bun because i think he's used in both formulas he doesn't show up we we looked frame by frame at 
when Goliath is controlling all of the citizens and they're flying all over the place and, you know, they're attacking Jake. I don't see Cinnamon Bun in that at all. So, yeah, I think in my mind, confirmed not Cinnamon Bun. But also all those candy people, like one of them, you just know one of them was like sitting on the toilet and then out of nowhere just (laughs) Just, summoned. Just (laughs) summoned real quick. No, I, I I love that. I mean, this this episode really does get you like thinking, though. Um, yeah, because I I think that that's another great way of like you stating that Finn is able to somewhat keep Princess, but I mean, probably more later in the show, being able to kind of like not keep her in check necessarily, but start to begin questioning like, hey, maybe you're not doing things the right way. Marcy definitely does it more later as well. But that, you know, the only thing that could put down Goliad was Stormo. So it's like the only person that can ne- ne- influence Princess Bubblegum would be Finn, in theory. Well, and Marcy, but, yeah. you know, outside sources. But Interesting. Well, what do you think about... It's very interesting. What do you think about Princess Bubblegum's leadership metaphor? Because that was so fascinating too, right? I mean, she's yeah. talking about the... Uh, you see this fat bee, and then, of course, like... Why she's calling it be fat, but regardless, you see this fat bee, and uh, the bee gets pollen from the flower. It's gentle and makes the flower happy. It's a win-win situation. I I, I kind of feel like that's some of the best leadership advice, or even just like moment in general. If that's truly how Princess Bubblegum is thinking about the way that she interacts with the candy people, I mean, that's it's kind of good. Like that's a great metaphor I mean, in my it's, mind. It's good, but I you could get really deep into this, and I'm not into like like very rhetoric around politics or anything like that. But her thought process behind the bee and the flower, the flower provides what the bee needs, and the bee provides what the flower needs. But the metaphor crumbles when Goliad says, "Yes, but if the bee had to hurt the flower." in order to obtain the pollen, it would still do so. Yeah, Um, it's true. And that's where the metaphor falls apart. Now, that's in theory what I kind of think, maybe what they're really getting at is communism is a great concept on paper. Communism is very much like the bee and the flower. You give me what I need, I give you what you need, and we can live in harmony. However, if I get what I need from you and... It's like not like I don't necessarily to have I'm to give you to something. You. Yeah, and I don't necessarily yeah. have to give you something back because I'm more powerful and I can take it and you can't fight back. That's where that communism kind of like crumbles a little bit. Well, um, one of, on, on many other say, different yeah. levels as well. But, <laughs> but, she's but in regards to, to this metaphor, totally agree. Yeah. yeah, in regards to this metaphor, she's trying to tell Goliad it's all, you know, it's all hand-holding. It's so great when we have this mutually loving society. And he's like, no, you're... in Goliad kind of calls her out. He's like, you're powerful enough to, as soon as you get what you want from these candy people, like, you're more... You could totally just abuse them. And she could be that dictator ruler. And it wouldn't Which, matter. And you, you see it happen in the Lemon Kingdom, like, later well, on in, in Yeah, well, you see episodes. it here... In that, within that metaphor, Goliad crushes the bee, brings it back to life, and Goliad says, Goliad is stronger than bee. And then all of a sudden, we're talking about a relationship where 
it there is no like win win. It's it's just a B in Goliad, and they're not trying to get anything from either one of each other. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, she's trying to say, I'm in control of this B. I can kill it. I can bring it back to life. I am stronger than the B. And then all of a sudden you have this tyrannical person in charge of or thing in charge of this other thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course she ends it on Goliath is stronger than all and goes on what Princess Bubblegum fears could lead to an ultra tantrum, which gives me a little bit more of like the ick on Princess Bubblegum for this episode because she talks about like, I'm going to have to re I'm going to have to disassemble her and yeah. then recreate like it's not even that her mindset is thinking oh this was wrong I shouldn't have done this in the first place she's oh, really like, just I can, like this I can was go a and fix good this. idea yeah. I just got to try and keep working on it until it works and then also she says we don't want her to wing up or I'm not quoting I'm just yeah. kind of saying we don't want her to wing up the castle or wing the castle apart so her fear is that something will happen to the castle like her place of living and she's not worried at all about the repercussions that this could have on the candy kingdom or the land of Ooh as a whole I, I don't know so that bothered me about princess bubblegum as well and and this is us diving way too deep into uh an 11 minute cartoon but no it's i think that that's the i mean especially after a few bad episodes or not bad episodes a little less deep episodes that this one is get yeah we're getting into more pb psyche uh, the development of her government and her kingdom that she's created. Um, and then, yeah, with with Goliad, a lot of that whole, like, where do her morals lie? In the sense that, you know, she created something that is, in, in essence, a part of her and a, a reflection of her. And in her mind, she's like, yeah, let's just, um, yeah, I messed it up. Let me just disassemble it as if Goliad was a, a Lego guy, you know? She doesn't yeah. see goalie, and and that's kind of the scary thing. Does she also see her candy people that way? They're her loyal citizens that she loves so much. But if one just like goes rogue, she can go, oh yeah, like well, I'll just disassemble him. Like there has to be like her just stating that shows that there is a very deep darkness to the way that she views any totally. of her creations. Like she's still, she's never going to say it out loud, but she's like, she's their god. She can be like, I'm going to disassemble you if you don't behave or act the way I want you to. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. But dude, what was what was your tops of this episode? Oh, my tops of this episode is 100% for sure, without a doubt, when Finn is trying to block Goliad out of PV or out of uh, his mind to not know the plan, and it's the buff the buff baby ensemble it yep. has to be. Oh yeah, the tops it of the episode. To be. Is that yours? <laughs> Yeah, the throwback, man. Like, I had totally... It's such a good throwback. I just didn't expect that at all. And I love that that's still stuck on Finn's mind. Like, when he's trying <laughs> to distract himself, his embarrassment of that moment when Marceline looked in on him and the the memory of him singing the Buff Baby song is what pops in his head. That is so freaking funny. That was it's definitely so my great. Pop. I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally... It's that moment, like, when it's just restated... It's like, oh yeah, that's why that's like one of the best, most quoted, most gift like moments of the mm-hmm. show. Well, I, I also loved what Jake was doing, like, or his thought, it, right? He's thinking what we're all thinking. Oh, oh eyeball. Just tuck yeah, that eyeball was, back in the hole. Like, it was nice that they, yeah, the animators called out that they made the third eye 
so very gross, gross on purpose, uh, you know. Yeah, maybe the way that they could have stopped Goliath without having to sacrifice, you know, or have a self-sacrifice for all eternity that is Stormo, they could have just offended her enough to where she ran away or something. I don't know. They could have just because she definitely when when he said or when he's thinking about how ugly the eye is, you can very visibly see how much it affects her. Like she's still a child. I guess what I just said is they should they should have bullied her. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they should have bullied her. They should have bullied Goliath. Yeah, she was, she, left. In, she was still impressionable. <laughs> like there was probably a way to do it to where um yeah, you could be like, what what do impressionable children like get affected by when they throw tantrums, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> either getting bullied or getting just I mean, probably distractions, honestly. Yeah. So gosh. Um, I well, loved that whole scene as, was so good. Jake, don't swallow. <laughs> <laughs> No, and I did my my backup tops was like Jake puking up the candy people at the end when he was trying to oh yeah like just trying to get a word out and the candy just people to say would just stalemate. yeah I no I did think it was funny that Goliad even like the this is why this episode is actually genius is like Goliad actually shoves all the candy people inside of Jake because in the preschool scene she saw all the candy kids trying to get into Jake's brain and get she's like get inside him get in his brain so Goliad. In turn, was like, how do I stop this dog? Let me shove all the candy people inside of him. So that was Dude, another totally. like, really cool subtlety of like bringing the episode full circle. Yeah. Dude, we haven't even talked about, I don't think one of us have had a, a lovely yet this episode. And the reason for that, for me at least, is because my lovely is Stormo. Dude. The- okay, me too. That's that's was my lovely. And I want to hear your reasons though. Yeah, I just, I mean, poor guy, first off, a, a true <laughs> tragic hero. Happy birthday, Stormo. Sorry you lived a, for, a few short moments only for the purpose of others. Like before you get trapped in this eternal psychic collision of minds with your equal. Like you you deserve the best. And unfortunately, you know, what we needed you for was a self-sacrifice and you were the hero enough to do it, a, a tragic mm-hmm. hero. So now, yeah, and I would say... Stormo gets it in this episode because also I really liked Finn in this episode. I don't know what it was about Finn. It just seems like he's a mature Finn. And so Stormo Mm. gets the lovely because Stormo is Finn, obviously. And the fact that Stormo shows Finn's true character, um, it's embedded in Finn's DNA that he's always going to be the self-sacrificing hero. And I love that concept. And so that's kind of something that Stormo can always embody uh, and the fact that he's nonverbal, so he's just like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was funny, um, dude. He's and great. has the long hair, has the thin long hair too, which is like which a good, is a wonderful moment of like, hey, remember how we set this up early, early in the episode where Princess Bubblegum so tiredly plucks the hair and says, "Oh, I mm-hmm. created it from DNA. I could even do it from a strand of hair," and that's just full circle all of a sudden. She goes to the lab and she's got the DNA from Finn still. So just a good, yeah. I mean, again, great writing this episode. It's really fantastic. Again, season four, episode 10, Goliad. Highly recommend going back and rewatching it. If you're not rewatching with us, I mean, it's it's worth checking out again for sure. Oh, yeah. Please. I, I was not a huge fan of this episode like forever. And I did when I really got to trying to think deep about it. Um, enjoyed it a lot more but i've got one more deep thought and it was um was a very 
last minute one kind of thrown in at the end, but I, I couldn't stop and, and not notice it and want to kind of get your thoughts on it too. So they get locked in the psychic stalemate um, for all eternity and it will never be um, stopped essentially, which is actually, that that is really cool um, that there is a, uh, it's part of, it resembles the mythology of Lost. The concept of two deities and eternal stalemates is also found in various religions. Um, not only that, but that moment when that happens, um, Finn goes, you used my DNA, which I think was also unethical to do that without asking Finn's consent. But he turns to Princess Bubblegum and goes, does that mean he's like my son? And she's like, yeah, I guess it kind of does. And that's when he says, happy birthday, Stormo. Like, mm -hmm. that's the, it's very, very much that's, important moment that they throw in at the end of this episode that adventure time is very much about like fucked up dads i guess is the best yeah, way to just yeah. say it um and it's so similar i think to ice king and his relationship with neptor when ice king's like ice magic is what brought neptor to life and so that's why neptor's like father creator and like Ice King thinks Neptor is his son, at least for that episode. Even though they're not. And like, same thing with this. Like, <laughs> Finn's not <laughs> Stormo's dad at all. Uh, but, he kind of is. It's got his, got his DNA. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is, but it's not. So, it, but it's one of those things that there, there is such a lack of father figures that there is all this like grasping at straws of Look, going... Dude is this what being a dad is? Because nobody knows. Nobody's got a good father figure. All I'm se. saying is that Finn sacrificed his firstborn son for the good of all of us. So. <laughs> I think Finn did nothing. I think <laughs> I think Stormo did that on his own, for sure. I don't know. I think there's definitely a, a Jesus metaphor there somewhere. If we <laughs> really Maybe a Jesus metaphor. really hard. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Know. <laughs> are, you, are you about to give us a three-point, uh, you know... Um, what do you call it? Like sermon or um, no, homily on on Jesus <laughs> and and Goliad? Uh, gosh, there's I don't know. Anyways, I'm about to go on a tangent about a comedian <laughs> who has a bit about you know Abraham and and how like the things in the Bible just got crazier and crazier as they went as far as like the sacrifices and yeah. how you can like worship the Lord and it's like eventually he's like you know, kill this lamb, build a boat, like cut off part of your penis. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's anyways, <true>. it's, uh, <laughs> I think that's a, uh, is it Jim Gaffigan? Yeah. 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 Jim Gaffigan. Go check him out. He's, he's hilarious. Not my uh, wreck, but regardless, very funny. Well, yeah. As we wrap up this episode, um, I want to hear your wreck this week for sure, but let's, let's hit some lessons first. Did you have any like specific, uh, lessons? Yeah, definitely. I got one lesson this week. It's candy kids can really get under your skin. That's what I learned. Uh, get under your skin physically. Yeah, physically, physically. and scary children. Scary children will get into your brain uh, physically mm. and and uh, psychologically. Amen. Amen to that. Uh, my first one was: Don't let smooth talking British sounding people convince you that being a fascist or a, a dictator is good. <laughs> is it British? I could not for the life of me figure out what her accent was. Yeah, it's I think it's it's some sort of uh dialect of like a British accent. 
it's, it's very smooth. i think it's it very, very proper. smooth yeah it's not like cockney or anything like that it's a very no. smooth one I like uh, it, my yeah. second one is kids are impressionable so like just be aware just be aware that like I'm raising a puppy right now and I realize I have moments where I blow up at that dog and 30 seconds later, I'm like, shit, I should not have done that. You know, yeah. like that dog is going to be scared of me. Um, but they're impressionable. So just like, yeah, be cognizant, be kind, be patient. Uh, it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm testing and practicing my patience right now. So I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. Oh yeah. I've got a second dog. Uh, yeah, you know what they dog. say before before children you gotta test it out with two dogs you gotta test it out with six dogs get a get a <laughs> second dog now your dude your dog is so dang cute though it's a, he is. a dalmatian he's, he's getting big man but um he's sweet he, he's uh, a ruffian um do you know how big he's supposed to be i would say possibly he was kind of the smallest of the litter. So I'd say like maybe possibly like 60 pounds. I'm thinking, oh. I think they on the high end can get up to like 80, but I don't think he'll be the high end. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, man. So, well, That's with that being exciting. said, with my, with my silly lessons, I would love to hear your rec this week. My rec is to go check out a, an oldie, but a goodie, the very first X-Men movie, which I think came out in like the early oh, 2000s. Yeah. Oh, I think it was like 2002. Yeah. Uh, we rewatched it this past week, and I I just really enjoyed it. It's got so many big names in it, and it is like you forget how early, or sorry, how young Hugh Jackman is in that movie. I mean, he looks so dang young for some reason. Uh, he does. But you well, I mean, have, he was young. That was twenty years ago. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but you got Patrick Stewart as well. Does a wonderful job as Professor Xavier. And then uh, Sir, is it Ian McKellen who plays uh, the Steel Man? <laughs> what is his name? Uh, Man- uh, Magneto. Magneto. Magneto yeah. <laughs> the, the Steel Man. The, <laughs> the steel Metal Man. man. Ma- I was going to say Magnetic Man, and I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> uh, yeah, great movie. I, I mean, it's not really like a, a 5 out of 5 by any means. It's probably like a 3.5 out of 5, but... It's just fun. I, I like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, movies. if you think about how early it was in superhero movies, there's like, there's ones like the the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk's, I think, actually fine. But that movie that was just Hulk, um, that was like so bad. There was a lot of just bad superhero movies. And that's why in that X-Men, they, yeah, there's absolutely some like lame parts and bad dialogue. and But for it to stand up, for how old it is. And it was pre Spider-Man too. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's good. And so, it's, yeah, I think, I think it gets credit where credits do in that department. Maybe we don't give the early Batman movies enough credit. If we're going to, I don't know. Cause even like from that point of view, from thinking, Oh, like this is so much earlier than like when Marvel ruled the movie world, right. Where like to release a hit movie, it has to be about superheroes and it has to be about the entire world is at stake. Like you could have just done anything back in the day and and make it good if it's a superhero movie or whatever. Those early Batman movies are really dang good. Yeah, there's a few of them. Uh, I might just be a big Batman fan. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, I know like the Michael Keaton ones are like pretty good and very like loved by everybody. Nobody oh, yeah. really likes the George Clooney ones though. Like, yeah, that's true. Is that the one where they have nipples? 
Yeah, they do yes, have like Bat- nipples Batman on his Batman suit, and they have yeah. a really, really poorly done Iceman. <laughs> that's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And oh, like, but that you is have so nostalgic. Star, yeah, you have this star-studded cast, yet the movie like flops. Like no one talks about that Batman at all. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's so nostalgic for me, though. Ned, what's your right this week? Oh, I, I actually thought about this one for a while today, and it's it's apparently controversial. I don't think anybody actually gives a crap about it. But I have been playing Hogwarts Legacy so much this week, and it is truly just from a video game perspective. I love open world games. I love games that you can just log on and for hours, like go do the side missions and go like kill little trolls in the woods. Like it's it's a great game. Um, cool. Wow. I think that they're going to also just like there's so much DLC possibility with it. There is so much like just you can continue doing stories and levels and trolls and dragons and you know i'm not a huge harry potter fan either but i love me a good immersive game and so i've you know there's all the controversy behind it because um what's her face is a bad person but i say um yeah she didn't write the video game (laughs) yeah you know uh, there was yeah, people she, that she sucks, that made a great but it's game. like you know, I don't know. Yeah, she's just we like, still watch she's the a bad movies, person. right? People still enjoy yeah. the books. People still watch the movies. And it's yeah, a weird like same thing, same thing right? with it's the, the same concept with Chick Fil A. There's there's some Chick Fil A donors that are probably very bad and mischievous and not kind people, but it doesn't mean they make a they don't make a damn good chicken sandwich. You know, good chicken sandwich. It's a good chicken sandwich, but that was my rec. Yeah, if you if you are looking for something to go <laughs> spend seventy something odd hours on, oh it's, my gosh, it's a yeah. solid game. What what uh, house are you? I picked Slytherin game? this first go around. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. Wow. I was like, uh, you strike me as a Slytherin. I could see that. I could, yeah, I could see. It. I'd, I'd say it's either that. I, I thought I was always a Ravenclaw, and then kind of heard some description about it, um, especially in the game of like describing yourself, and I was like. Yeah, the way I want to play this game is like powerful. And yeah, I want to be evil, I want to be the very sure. best like no one ever was. So I gotta be <laughs> Okay, you think Ash Ketchum is a Slytherin? <laughs> no, Ash Ketchum is not a Slytherin. No. <laughs> no, he's gotta be a, a Gryffindor for sure. Ash is a Gryffindor. Misty is a Hufflepuff. Or mm. right now, no, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She's too fiery for a Hufflepuff. Yeah. We'll Brock see. I don't know. Send us, Brock, send us on the- Brock is for sure a Hufflepuff. I yeah. think Misty might be a Gryffindor as well. Yeah, and Nurse Joy is definitely a Hufflepuff too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but hey, that's a great segment. Travelers log us. <laughs> what what <laughs> Hogwarts house are all the Pokemon characters in? On <laughs> Just just Travelers log us that information. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Do you Let think? us know what you think because that's totally Adventure Time related. And, you know, we never go on any tangents, so it'll just, it'll just be perfect. I just, I love it. I love it. Um, I love regardless, it. Regardless... Hey, check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter, you can reach us at NEA underscore podcast. Go ahead and use the hashtag NEA podcast if you uh, have anything you want to tweet about for the podcast. Also, email us your thoughts, your opinions. The Traveler's Log is nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Ned, uh, it's been good catching up, man. I'm so glad we got to good, fit in this recording before I head down to New Orleans. New Orleans. I know. You're going to have a blast, man. It's going to be fun. But um, yeah. be safe. Be safe driving on us. Not a necessarily fun drive from Nashville. So be safe out there. 
Uh, I will, I'll be as safe as I possibly can. Can't wait for uh, some fat Tuesday. Well, I guess I won't be there for fat Tuesday regardless. 140 ounces of sugar and booze. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Buddy forever. Right. Well, I love you. Th-